You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Faith FM. I mucked that up this morning. And uh, we're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania, every weekday at 9am. And, of course, if you're in Tasmania, you can catch our program again at 4.30pm every weekday as well. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Gary Webster, and Gary is all the way over in Western Australia. Welcome, Gary. Uh, thank you, Jason. Great to be here again. Yeah, good to have you. How's your week been, Gary? You've been busy over there? Yes, yes, lots, plenty to do. Uh, big news over here, of course, was the AFL Grand Final, wasn't it? You'd almost think we'd won the won the Olympics over here. <laughs> right. I, uh, in, in, I term, am... in terms of just having the game in the city, that was quite incredible. <laughs> right. I haven't even been following, and I'm I'm not a uh, a follower of football at all, so I haven't turned it on. But I, I'm aware that it happened. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a great big follower of myself, but I. But you, you couldn't miss it here in Perth. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, but but Jason, uh, I'm not here for the football. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, we've been running a series called Countdown: Back to the Future here in Perth at three three venues around the city, and uh, you know people are actually sensing that things are not right in our world. I, I think this COVID thing is really making people realise that uh, yeah, our world is. Our world is a different place, mm. and I'm glad they're really enjoying to, the answers to life's big questions from the prophecies of the Bible. Mm. Now, of course, uh, you, you're holding this uh, program in multiple venues in uh, Forestfield, Clarkson and Manning, I believe. Yes, yes. And uh, look, if you want to, if you are over in Western Australia and you're listening to our programs, you can find out more information about this ve- event. If you text our show number, that's 0488880891. If you text our show number DIG and the number 14, DIG14, uh, it will send you back um, a website address which you can get more information about the program that uh, Gary's involved in over there in Perth, Western Australia. Now, Gary, uh, do you want to give us a recap of where we've come from and where we're going to today in our program? Yeah, well, today's program, Jason, as we mentioned last week, is what goes around comes around. Remember last week we were looking at the the story of uh, of Jacob. Yeah. Um, and uh, an amazing story. But today we see this is a rags-to-riches story, Jason, a story of pain due to poor choices, um, a story of the ups and downs of life as we as we all face it, actually, and a story of God's relentless grace and kindness to undeserving humans like ourselves. Mm. And then, of course, it's also a story of God's presence, even in the darkest pages of our lives. And finally, it's a story of a dark cloud with a silver lining, that's for sure, of hope beyond despair. So we're taking an interesting journey today as we continue Jacob's story. Okay, well, as we get into it, just remember you can contact us on 0488880891. That's our Tassie Encounters number. Text us in your queries, your questions, and uh, later in the program we've got an offer. Uh, but also remember you can text in DIG14, no spaces, if you want to get information about the programs that uh, Gary is involved in over in Western Australia. So what goes around comes around. Let's uh, yeah. Let's well, let's get into go, let's 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 continue the story, Jacob. We remember we left Jacob. Um, I called you Jacob. I yeah. Jason. Well, that's an easy mistake to make. We're talking about Jacob, and my name sounds similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, we left Jacob at Bethel. You may remember on his way to northern 
Syria or southern Mesopotamia. And remember, he'd lied to his father. He'd stolen from his brother by taking the birthright. And now he's alone and friendless and, you know, no doubt feeling cut off from God. And he lies down to go to sleep. And God, in his kindness and grace, speaks to him in a dream of a staircase that stretches from earth to heaven and shows him the way back to God. Mm. So that's where we left it. Let's continue the story. Okay. Well, Jason, J- uh, Jason he arrives at, at Uncle Laban's place at Haran, just north of Syria. Uh, it's, that's in South Mesopotamia in Turkey today. Okay. And when he gets there, he falls in love with Laban's youngest daughter. Now, Laban uh, is actually the brother of his mum. And the youngest daughter of Laban is a, a, a girl called Rachel, and she's quite a beauty. Now, he agrees to work for seven years for his uncle as the sort of the dowry to marry Rachel. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Uncle Laban is a sneak and a cheat. And he comes up with a way to get seven more years of work out of Jacob. Um, did you work for seven years for your wife? Uh, Jason? Um, no. <laughs> no. Come no, on, I, come makes, on. This is it, a guy who loves his lady, doesn't it? It makes you wonder how many people would be uh, married if uh, if they had to work for seven years before they did. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so Uncle Laban, as we said, he's a sneak and he's a cheek and he wants to get more out of this guy. So on the night of the wedding, Uncle Laban swaps the daughters. He holds back Rachel um, after the festivities, evidently, and sends his unmarried oldest daughter, Leah, who agrees to the plot. Obviously, she probably wants to get married herself. Mm. And and he takes Leah, puts Leah into Jacob's tent, and he sleeps with her, thinking it's Rachel. Mm. Well, when he wakes up next morning, man, it's a disaster. He sees he slept with the wrong bride, with the wrong lady. It's not his bride at all, but it's her sister. Mm. Now, he was furious. I mean, you, you don't blame him, can you? He was furious with Leah mm. because she was part of the deception and he was furious with her father, Laban. Well, Uncle Laban makes a lame excuse. He says, well, it's not our custom up here to marry the younger sister before an older sister. Uh, so if you want to marry Rachel, you need to work for me for another seven years. I mean, what a guy. Mm. Unbelievable. He, he certainly um, wanted his pound worth out of Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A pound of flesh, all right. Yeah. Well, because Jacob loves Rachel very deeply, he agrees to it, and so he works for another seven years to marry her. Mm. You know, it's sad, Jacob, uh, Jason. <laughs> it's sad, but it's very true that what goes around comes around, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, Jacob had deceived his brother Esau and now he's sort of being deceived himself. The Bible actually puts it this way. Uh, Maybe you could read Proverbs 22 verse 8 for us. It says, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. Mm. Happened to me a couple of times too, that one. Galatians 6, 7, how about that one? It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Yeah, I guess we've all experienced that. We know we've made some foolish choices or done some stuff that we sort of knew we shouldn't and and it's come around to get us. But, you know, Jason, what I love about this story is that even when Jacob, you know, reaps what he's sown and when we do the same, 
God's grace is still available mm. in, in Jacob's story. Mm. So let's go back to the story and, 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 and pick up what happens next. Let's just take uh, go back to it. Um, Jacob has two wives now, unfortunately, yep. two sisters, mm. Leah and Rachel. And that's going to become a recipe for a fighting in the family. Mm. Now, Leah now experiences that what goes around comes around because the man she's tricked, who's now her husband, the man she's tricked into marrying her shows her little or almost no love as his wife. And But, you know, even in her experience of reaping what she said, because Jacob just, you know, he, he, he just almost can't stand the woman for what she's done. Well, she's However, deceived him. However, God's grace... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. She's deceived him, and so you can understand yeah. that uh, he'd be. it would take a while to uh, forgive that, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. However, you know, even though Rachel has, you know, been sneaky herself, at Leah, I should say, mm. God's grace is still at work, uh, even in her, in, her, in her situation. She's unloved. And God despises injustice because even though she's deceived Jacob, Leah is still his lawful wife mm. in God's sight, mm. and he should respect and he should love her. Mm. Uh, and though Jacob and Leah try to have children between, you know, the man, the woman she loves, Rachel can't fall pregnant. And Jacob then turns to his other wife to have children. Mm. Uh, and because she's unloved by Jacob, God enables her to fall pregnant. Isn't it amazing how God helps this lady? She's feeling unloved. She is unloved. And she falls pregnant. Mm. Um, and the Bible says God enabled her. Mm. The Bible says, in fact, in Genesis twenty nine thirty one. why don't you read that for us? Yeah, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren, so Leah conceived. Yeah. Now, she has a number of children, and notice how unloved she feels by the way she reacts each time she has a child uh, with Jacob. Notice, notice these words. It says, uh, So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Mm. Boy, this goes on and on. Uh, then she conceives again, it says in Genesis 29, verse 33. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am Unloved. Mm. Read for us verse 34, Jason. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. It's a sad story, isn't it? Yeah, she's trying to you get know, his love by is... having children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going on year after year. One final one. She has a sixth son, and this is what she says after a sixth son. Leah said, Now my husband will live with me mm. because I have borne him six sons. Mm. Unbelievable. You know, we'll pick this story up again because fortunately things do get better toward the end. But the grace of God in this situation to the unloved and deceptive Leah, I think, you know, you can't outlove God, can you? Amen. Yeah. Jason, we have a great gift again. It's the one we had last week, Patriarchs and Prophets. I really want to get this... uh, this book out because it look it just come, makes the stories that we're talking about here and many other stories in the Old Testament just come alive. 
So that uh, offer will give you the code later in the program. Um, we have five copies in total, but we've already given away some. So we've got just a few copies left, and uh, we will give you the code later. We're going to listen to this song, I Wonder As I Wonder, and this is by Simon Karolski. is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
Well, that was a powerful song, Gary. Uh, very yeah, dramatic Jason, there, but uh, very... It's a uh, bit like Jacob, the wanderer, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. wandering all through, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, God extended his grace. Yeah, for sure. So you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Gary Webster. We've been studying the story of Jacob, and uh, we're reading out of Genesis chapter 29, 30, and 31 and 32 today. So uh, we've just been talking about how because of Jacob's uh, earlier deception in his life uh, he became deceived and uh, had to marry Rachel or did marry, was deceived into marriage, marrying Leah but he wanted to marry Rachel and uh, yeah, people sort of uh, what comes around goes around what goes around comes around I think is the saying isn't it Gary mm. that we we're talking about now just before we get back into our study uh, we're going to ask you a question and uh, we'd like you to share an experience with us where you really deserve to get some punishment or you really deserve to get something back but instead you were given grace and you didn't get what you deserved. So text us in on 0488 Have you had an experience and share with us an experience where you didn't get what you really deserved? And uh, in, in this case we were just talking about how God was compassionate on Leah, even though she had been deceptive, uh, but he loved her and uh, he gave her uh, many children, many sons. So back which into the story. Back in, yeah. Which was important back in those days, Jason. Yeah, for sure. Very. So uh, we're going to continue on now, I think, in Genesis chapter 30, is it, uh, Gary? Yes, yes. Let's continue the story because remember, this guy Jacob's now got two wives and... They are sisters. This mm. is going to be a recipe for feuding, which exactly takes place. It comes feuding and rivalry between the two sisters over their husband. Mm. And uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why, Jason, God in the Bible says, you know, one man, one wife is the best plan. Mm. <laughs> one woman, one husband. Yeah. Anyway, I wonder if you could pick up J- Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, because as we read, uh, talked about, Leah's had six children at least, and, mm. and, and Rebecca, uh, Rachel's had none. Read verse th- 1 of chapter 30 in Genesis, yeah. please, Jason. Yeah, it says, Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Oh, she's desperate, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, Jacob gets angry with with his favourite wife over this, and and, and notice what he says. um, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb, withheld children from you? Mm. So, um, you know, there's a good bit of feuding between the the favourite wife and the husband now, isn't there, too? Mm. Uh, You notice Rachel now activates an ancient Mesopotamian cultural practice uh, at this time, and it's found actually back in the 20th to the 18th centuries BC, this practice was was common, and that was that. And I, in fact, let me read you what this practice was from outside of the Bible, and then we'll see what Rachel does in the in the biblical setting. Yeah, it says, if after two or three years of marriage, the wife had not given birth to any children, the husband was allowed to buy a slave who could also be chosen by the wife, by the way, in order to produce heirs. So this this slave girl can have children for the wife who can't have children. Okay. Interesting. So the Bible says that Rachel gets Jacob to sleep with her servant girl to have children for her. So guess what? Leah, by this time, she can't fall pregnant after about six kids. 
So now she decides she'll give her slave girl to, to Jacob to have children for her. So here's this thing going on, you know, between these two sisters, and they're using these slave girls to have kids for them. Mm. Oh, now, man, by this I stage, you, Rachel like, hadn't had a child yet, had she? No, she hadn't no. had a child yet, so she's getting mm. her slave girl to have one for her, according to this custom, you see. Yeah. Um, and notice what Rachel says um, when she has, well, she doesn't have the child, but her slave girl says, she says, with great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have won. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. So this this deception of Laban and Leah, it's 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 causing all sorts of problems in in the family. And here's here's another one that comes along. On one occasion, Rachel discovers that Reuben, that's one of Leah's sons, her oldest son, he's found some mandrakes. Mm. Now, when I was uh, reading this, Gary, I thought to myself, what are mandrakes? What's what's this all about? Okay, good good question. Well, these are called love plants in the ancient world. They're supposed to stimulate sexuality, you see. Mm-hmm. And because she wants some of these, you know, so, so, so it's like an af- aphrodisiac plant. And that's the belief that, that some of these people had. Okay. And she wants some of these because she's infertile, see. And she thinks, maybe this will help me to have kids. So she says to Rachel, Rachel says to Leah, her sister, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Mm. Um but notice Leah's response. Read for us Leah's response in verse 15, Jason. It says, But Leah said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Yeah, incredible, isn't it? So you've taken my husband. <laughs> now this as well. Yeah, now you yeah. want some of these mandrakes yeah. so you can fall pregnant with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> you mm. know, Leah, Leah claims him as hers because she was the first she one. She was the first. You know, yeah. back, back in the story. Now, Rachel then uses her husband as a bargaining chip. This gets even more fascinating. Mm. Rachel said, therefore, okay, my husband or our husband can sleep with you tonight and I'll have your son's mandrakes. I mean, what a dysfunctional family this is, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> it sounds like uh, a soap opera. It you does could, sound like a soap opera. Uh, it, it's it sounds funny, but really, you know, you think about what was oh, going on here, man. It, it'd be it'd be a horrible situation to live in, oh. you know, with with for both Rachel and Leah. Yeah, uh, and you know, it, it still goes on today mm. in the lives of people who who um, have this situation of polygamy. Mm. I mean, you know, you imagine the rivalry that goes on. It, we, it's playing out right in front of our eyes here, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely, or our ears. Mm. <laughs> Okay, now now those, even though Rachel's attitude to her sister and Leah and her poor choices, Leah's poor choices, are activating a custom that's foreign to the Bible. Um, you know, the, God says one man, one wife originally, um, and she, she too has reaped the results of a bad attitude to her sister. Mm. Now God extends grace to Rachel. So even though Leah was wrong to deceive her sister, Rachel was also wrong to have this. This attitude, you know, I mean, you can't blame her, but it's still wrong, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And now God extends grace to Rachel. I love this. It says in chapter, in verse 22, then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. So she must have been praying, God, why can't I fall pregnant? Years are going by. Mm. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. Well, it's an incredible story, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's beautiful, isn't it? The way that God actually shows grace to all of them in this in this story, 
to, to yeah. Jacob, Leah and Rachel. Yeah, that's that's what I love about this story, Jason. Mm. God's extending grace even in the midst of all their turmoil and their poor choices. Mm. Well, now God extends grace to Jacob again, you know, and he has been good to him. But now notice what happens next. Um, in the midst of all this family feuding, I mean, it must have been horrific to live with some of this. Yeah. Genesis 31 verse 11 and 3 says, Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. You know, he'd, be, he'd deceived him and worked him like a slave for actually 20 years had gone by now. Mm. So he's been with his uncle for that long. Mm. I am the God of Bethel. This is the place where you had the staircase dream, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now rise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family and I will be with you. <laughs> mm. What a great promise, eh? Mm. So Jacob takes off from Uncle Laban with his wives, his children, his servants and his livestock. And Laban's not around at the time. And when Laban hears that he's gone with, you know, with his family, he's as mad as a medak and he chases after, after uh, Jacob to bring him back. He wants more years of service out of him. <laughs> but God warns him in a dream. He says, now listen here, Laban, don't you touch this man. Don't you threaten him. And don't you make promises that you're not planning to to keep anyway. You just leave this man alone or you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> that's, that's pretty gracious of God toward Jacob, isn't it? Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, Laban meets them and says goodbye to his daughters and then Jacob continues on his journey. And we're going to pick it up after our next song, uh, Jason, because we, we see some amazing things that happen even more when we pick up the story as Jacob now is on his way home and guess who he's going to meet down the track? His brother, brother Esau. Esau, yeah. <laughs> who, who, uh, who he was really, uh, well, he made enemies with before he left, didn't he? Exactly. They yeah. weren't exactly on good part, part, uh, good terms when he left. Yeah, sure. Well, we're going to go to a break. Just before we do, I'll remind you of our question that we uh, put forward earlier. It's uh, share, share an experience with us where you really deserve some punishment or you deserve to to get what you'd given uh, but somehow you were given grace instead zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one this is redeemer of israel by the group called gentry
Listening to Faith FM, and this is uh, Tassie Encounters with Gary Webster. We've been talking about the story of Jacob and his two wives, who are sisters, and uh, Leah and Rachel. But we've just got to Genesis chapter 32, where Jacob is heading back home to see his brother Esau. So we're going to pick it up now, Gary, I think in uh, chapter 32 of Genesis. Yes, Jason, I love that song. I mean, we're just going to see shortly that Jacob's name gets changed to Israel. Mm. And even though, I mean, he's he's been a bad fellow in the past, uh, he's redeemed by God, the Redeemer of Israel, that song, you know. A dysfunctional family receives the grace of Israel's Redeemer. Marvellous, mm. isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's move on. So Jacob's going to return to Canaan where Esau, his brother, lived. And you can imagine, Jason, he was petrified. Yeah, um, but again, God's grace is extended to him. Notice what takes place just before he, about when he takes off. The Bible says in Genesis thirty-two, verse one and two, and Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, "This is God's host." You see, God was actually promising Jacob by this by this uh, vision of angels that He's going to be with him. I'm going to protect you from your brother. <laughs> mm. So a, a host of angels, there's an army around Jacob. Yeah. That's what it's really saying. Yeah. Well, Jacob plans to meet Esau and reconcile with him. He's thinking, now, how can I, how can I avoid a disaster here? Because my brother might kill me. Mm. So the Bible says Jacob sent messengers to Esau, um, his brother, in the land of of what we call Edom. That's that's the area where Petra is in Jordan today. That's the land of Edom. Uh, this is where Jacob, uh, Esau lived. So he sends messages to Edom, where Jacob, uh, J- Esau is, and he, and uh, he said, "Listen, you tell my brother, call him Lord Esau." Now, why do you reckon he he said called him Lord Esau? I guess it's a matter of uh, 
indicating that he had respect for him. Would that yeah, be exactly. right? Exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. And remember the birthright. Who was going to be now the head of the clan? It was meant Jacob. to be Jacob, yeah. Yeah, so he's saying, Jacob, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really not going to exert that authority over you. So he calls him Lord Esau, which was not meaning God; it just means a respectful term. Mm. So he says, "Tell him, Lord Esau, tell Lord Esau, <laughs> um, your servant Jacob." Notice he calls him his servant as well. Mm. I have dwelt with Laban, and I've stayed there till now. I've got oxes and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants. I've sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. In other words, um, I'm not coming to take the birthright, really, because I've got plenty. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So you can see he's planning to meet his brother. He's being very cautious. Mm. All right, well, let's notice Esau doesn't send any message at all, which scares the guy even more. Uh, in <laughs> fact, the, the Bible says that uh, the servants came back from, from Edom, from the area of Petra, and said, we came to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you, and he's got 400 men with him. It's uh, Silence Silence can be uh, scary at times, can't it? <laughs> well, that bit is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's got 400 guys coming, and they're all armed to the teeth. Yeah. So Jacob, of course, was tremendously afraid. He was petrified, and he, he actually divided his, his whole clan that he now has into mm. two groups. And he says, now, look, I'll send one group ahead of the other mm. so that if Jacob, you know, attacks that group, at least the second group might escape. So yeah. he's really trying to work out to make sure he, he protects his life and that of his kids and his, and his wives. It's like a military strategy almost, isn't it? <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, yeah he, Exactly. And then he prays at the ford of the Jabbok. When I take tours, by the way, Jason, I take people to Jordan and I take them to this particular ford of the river Jabbok because this is the place where Jacob crossed over, where he prayed and a beautiful thing happened to him. And we'll, we, let, let, let's, let's pick up his prayer uh, and, and notice what happens. I wonder if you could read his prayer, Jason, because it's a tremendous prayer. Verse uh, 10, if you could read that. Um, so I've got it starting in verse 9 here, Gary, so we'll That'll read from fine. verse yep. 9. It says, Then Jacob said, O God, who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with just my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Isn't that fantastic, eh? Mm. Wow, that's just a, a, an incredible incredible prayer you know he says look god i don't deserve anything and he did he didn't did he mm. yeah. uh, and he says i came with just my stick in my hand when i when i left the land and now i've got all these this family these kids and all these animals you've been so good to me you know it, it's really interesting gary how um uh, this reminds me of Daniel's prayer in uh, in the book of Daniel as well, where the first thing he's he's acknowledging is that he really isn't worthy of the blessings that uh, that he has, but he's recognizing that you know he's done some bad stuff in the past, and yet God has continued to bless him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And I think, Jacob, uh, Jason, that's a good thing for all of us. Uh, you know, Jason, Jacob acknowledged he wasn't worthy, he'd done wrong. Mm. But I love the fact also that he that he holds God to his promises too. That's just a good thing too. You know, he yeah. says, now, God, you promised me, mm. you said that you will surely treat me well mm. and that you'll bring me back to this land and so on and I'll make you a great you know so he, he says now really God you, you need to look after me now because my brother's coming yeah and and we are meant to use those promises in scripture I we, believe you know, so that uh, they're there for us to claim so yeah exactly and that's the point mm. he's he's claiming the promises yeah right? all right well what a prayer Jacob um, now plans uh, gifts of animals to reconcile with his brother so he sends these gifts, you know, bunches of sheep and goats, one after another, so that, you know, as, as Esau is approaching him with all these 400 soldiers, he's going to see all these animals. And, and he comes to an excellent more animals. He's, well, what's going on here? Mm. Anyway, so everybody goes over the fort of the Jabbok, but Jacob stays behind that night on his own. He's worried and he wants to, you know, he's talking with God. But notice what happens next. Um, uh, The Bible says, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Mm. And in this wrestling, after a while, Jacob realizes, this is not a man. Mm. This is God. Mm. He said, uh, let me go, this man, whoever it was, this, this angel, you know, this angel of the Lord, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. And when he realized who this person was, that it was actually, in actual fact, it was God himself, because he says, uh, he calls the place Penuel, which means I've seen the face of God Mm. and I've not been destroyed. (laughs) So he says, God, you need to bless me. You need to help me. My brother's coming. I need your help. mm. And then that's where his name is changed. Read for us verse 28. It says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Mm. Yeah. And that's when he called the place Peniel. Yeah. I've seen God. So Esau forgives Jacob. And I love the way what happens next uh, when, when Esau and Jacob meet. Notice what it says. Verse 30, chapter 33, verse 1, it says, Now Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were 400 men. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times. I mean, he, he's really cautious, isn't he? Mm. Until he came near to his brother. But, I love the word but, but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. What a beautiful picture, eh? Mm. So and, you know, obviously Esau, sent- Esau obviously, uh, you know, through his life or through the... Uh, the uh, gifts and the messages that had come from Jacob had changed his heart. <laughs> exactly. He's changed his heart. Mm. In fact, he says, what, what are all these animals that I saw coming in front of, you know, before you? He mm. says, oh, these are to find favour in your sight. I'm sending these because I, 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 I need to, I want to say I'm sorry for what I've done and I've, mm. I've really wronged you badly. Mm. And Esau says, well, look, I've got plenty, bro. Uh, mm. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob says, no. No, no, no! I want you to have these um, because and he he, rec- he recognizes, I believe, uh, Jason, that he needs to make restitution for the wrong he's done his brother. He stole from his brother, and now he's giving back to him. You know, really, 
what he owes him, isn't mm. he? Mm. A great lesson. I, if I've found favor, he says, take these gifts. God has dealt graciously with me. I love those words. He says, bro, my brother, God has been good to me through the years. I have enough. Mm. And so he, he urged him to, to take. What a beautiful story, Jason. Even though, you know, J- Jacob has mistreated his brother um, and, and, and his son, he reaped what he sown. God has been gracious to him. And it's the same with us. We may make a bunch of mistakes, but God is gracious. And if we just reach out to him, he's, he's only too happy to, to help us, isn't he? Mm. We're going to go to another break, Gary. It's uh, time to uh, start wrapping up our program. So we've just got one more song before we do that. Um, but we did mention the patriarchs and prophets. Did you want to say any more about that? We'll give the code immediately no, after just, the song. Just that it's an incredible book, uh, uh, Jason, and, and, and the stories will come alive. You know, <clears throat> our listeners will want to read the story of Jacob again, I'm sure, because, you know, it just, it, it, you, you just, uh, you just, you, you're just there right inside the story. Okay. And this is part of the Conflict of the Ages series. Uh, it's volume one, and we've uh, had a few of these books over our past few weeks. So we do encourage you. We've got a couple left to give away. So after the break, we will do that. And this, this, this book, Jason, will take, take us right through the whole of the Old Testament up from the, from, gen, from the creation until the kings of Israel. And there's another one that follows. Okay. This is uh, He Looked Beyond My Fault, uh, my fault uh, by Vocal Union. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault 
and so my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. We're back with Tassie Encounters and uh, you're listening to Faith FM. We're talking to Gary Webster. And now just before we went to the break, we said we'd give you a code for this book, The Patriarchs and Prophets. It's a great book. It's volume one in a series. And we've got a few copies to, to uh, give away left. So we've got the code today is dig. 13, the number 13, D-I-G-1-3. If you text that in, no spaces, to 0488-880-891, we can get you a copy of that book out to you. Gary, we've just got a few minutes left to wrap up. Uh, where are we uh, going with the wrap-up here? Yeah, well, remember we Jacob, Jacob and Esau just met and reconciled together, and now Jacob is on his way to Canaan. Well, he arrives in Canaan, and that's when tragedy strikes again for this poor man. Um, he really reaps what he's sowing, sadly. Um, he has his son Joseph, remember, through Rachel, mm. her, her only son up to this point in time. And, and Joseph has dreams. He has dreams of grandeur. He's the favorite son of Jacob, and everyone knows it, including Joseph's brothers and his stepbrothers. He has these dreams, the wheat sheaves bow down to his sheaf, the sun and the moon and the stars bow down to him. And, uh, you know, this gets, this gets his brothers mad. Um, uh, he's given a coat of many colours of, you know, Hollywood made this famous, Joseph in his Technicolor coat and all that. Mm. Um, he, he's the favourite son and, 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 he's, and then his brothers hate him. 
especially even his dad says what when when he says the sun the moon and the stars bowed down to him in his dream because he tells these dreams he's had dad said what we all want to serve you says jacob to his this boy well because they hate uh his brothers hate him one day joseph goes out to see his brothers who are mining the the goats and the sheep and so his brothers decide Right, we're going to deal with this little brat brother of ours, you know. They throw him into a into a hole, as a water cistern, and and then they sell him to the Ishmaelites, mm. who are on their way to Egypt. Remember, Ishmael was one of the sons of Abraham, so they're sort of cousins. Mm. And he sells them to these Ishmaelites, and they take him to Egypt. And uh, so, what are they, how are they going to what, what are they going to say to their dad? Well, what they do is they get Joseph's nice, beautiful coloured coat, and they sort of tear it to pieces and put blood of a, of, a, of a goat or a sheep all over it to make it look like this guy's been torn apart by animals. Then they take the coat to the dad, Jacob, and say, hey, listen, dad, we've found this coat. Looks like it belongs to Jacob. Surely the animals have torn him to shreds. Well, you can imagine poor old Jacob. He's just distraught. He says, in fact, he says he tore his clothes. He put sackcloth, which was a way of mourning back in those days. And he refused to be comforted because he thinks his boy's dead. And he says, I'm going to go down into the grave uh, to my son in mourning. Uh, And so he wept for him, you know. But God was gracious to him, Jason, because we'll pick up the story next week because we're going to take up the story of Joseph where things turn around. But I just want to close with this good news bit. You know, he's deceived his brother. He's now been deceived twice Mm. himself. Mm. One by his wife, Leah, Another one by his, with, with his uncle Laban. And now his own sons deceive him. He's mm. deceived his brother Esau. It's all coming back to him. But I want to close with this one. Years later, when finally he finds out that Joseph actually is alive and he's second in charge of Egypt, this is what he says. Israel, that's Jacob, said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, but behold, God has let me see your children also. Mm. So we'll pick up that that good news part um, next time we get together, Jason. Now, uh, you've got a couple of points just to, to wrap it up in terms of mm. uh, what we can bring out of this story. Yeah, sure. Look, number one, I think, is that God can bring good out of bad, right? Mm. <laughs> the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love him. And so even though we might have had a bad experience and it might have even been caused by our own choices, God can still bring good out of the bad. And I thank God. That's a good thing, isn't it? Mm. Second thing I think, Jason, is God allows things to help to happen, sometimes to help us learn lessons. And that's because he loves us. Mm. And Jacob learned a whole lot of lessons um, through what his experiences that followed his poor choice. The other thing I think that uh, we, we can pick from this story is God is always with us. Even when we're running from him, he, he seeks us. And he's with us and even through the ups and downs of life. I think that's a, that's a great lesson. In fact, Hebrews puts it this way. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And the Lord chastens those he loves. And that's, uh, that's what we do to our own kids, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. We have to chastise them or discipline them, not because we hate them, but because we love them. So, And I think another lesson, Jason, aside from, you know, we reap what we sow is 
It's best not to rush ahead of God. The end doesn't justify the means. The Bible puts it this way, wait on the Lord. Hmm. Be of good courage. He will strengthen you. Wait on the Lord. And finally, his grace is always extended to us. Yeah, great lessons from this story, Jason. It's amazing, you know, when we open up the scriptures and read the old stories, how much we can learn from them. And uh, mm, Absolutely. Things that we can learn that are relevant to us today as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, Gary, next week you'll still be over in uh, Western Australia next week, but what, what have yep. you got for us for next week? Well, uh, with the story of Joseph, we learn why bad things happen to good people. In fact, uh, you know, some bad things happen to Joseph, but man, he's a shining character, and we're going to be really encouraged by this story and learn some great lessons that help us in our in our. Our relationships today, because this is a fantastic story. We'll also see some archaeology coming out of out of Egypt as well as we pick up the story of Joseph. Okay, it sounds good. So uh, please uh, be uh, ready to tune in next uh, Tuesday with Gary, uh, all the way from Western Australia. Uh, tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich joining us again on his series Three MJ, and he's talking about the Great Tribulation Part Three. Now, we just uh, want to wish you the best for today, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, uh, across Australia, across Tasmania, wherever you are, we just uh, pray that God is with you today. We're going to go out with this song, Grace That Is Greater, and I think this is really uh, applicable to the messages that we've read today and, and we've discussed, that God's grace is greater than anything we can imagine. This is by Bart Millard, Grace Is The Grace That Is Greater.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.